Well, as Jason said, my name is Lucas Simmons, and I am excited and oh so nervous to say that I am your guest speaker here this morning. Yeah. Some people already heading for the exit. That's okay. We're going to get through this together. Now, when Jonathan came to me and asked me to speak, I had a really tough time thinking about what I was going to talk about. So I've finally settled on a topic that's near and dear to my heart, Ewoks, friend or menace. So in the Star Wars legend, okay, that's another time. We'll, we'll come back to that. So anyway, I'm so excited. If you can't tell in my voice, I'm really nervous. But don't worry, we're going to get through this. Um, I do just want to take a moment to say I am so excited for Jonathan and Emily as they welcome their baby into the world. I hear they're at home. Everybody's doing great. They're healthy. As Jason said, it's a big old boy. It is hilarious that he might be a linebacker. If y'all know Jonathan and Emily, you would know why. Um, so I wanted to do something that I'm really good at, and that's talk about myself. It's one of my spiritual gifts, I promise. So I wanted to start off speaking of babies. I told my parents a few weeks ago that I was going to be guest speaking, doing a sermon here, and I said, one time only offer, send me a baby picture. And I present to you, in all his glory, chubby cheeks Lucas, with photographic evidence that my dad actually paid attention to me for once in my life. <laughs> so I have a great family. My siblings, they're okay. Uh, my parents are awesome. Uh, growing up in my family, one staple we had is we always had pets. As far back as I remember, we've had animals, cats and dogs. If you know my Facebook, you'll know I post about them constantly. I can't help it. I love them so much. Here's a few of them. There at the top left, we have Ollie, Jake, and Gus, our boys. There's my best buddy, Jack, right here in the bottom left. If you know me, he is my best friend. There is no comparison. He's number one. We have my princess, Buttercup, and our cat, Fuzzy. Buttercup and Fuzzy looking like they want us to join the dark side of the force. That's them on a good day. Oh, oh hey, who's that guy? Man, he should, he should be James Bond or something. That's a good-looking guy. I don't, how'd that get in there? I don't know. Oh, okay. So just some fun facts about me. Like Jason said, I grew up going to Jones Memorial, United Methodist Church in Forest Park, where I'm from. I then came over to Harvest Point shortly after it was founded, so I've been here ever since. I am the youngest child in my family, which obviously means that I am the favorite. Any other youngest children in here, you know what I'm talking about. And I just want it noted for the podcast that my parents are in the audience and they are nodding their head in approval that, yes, I am the favorite. Take that, Adam and Warren Christie. I auditioned for America's Got Talent in 2017. Obviously, that did not go well. Otherwise, I would not be here with you today. <laughs> I played on my high school golf team all four years where, you know, I was, eh, okay. I was baptized on January 6, 2008, right here at Harvest Point. Terry Bates was actually the one who submerged me under the water, and I can neither confirm nor deny, but I swear he held me under the water a few extra seconds because he, quote, thought it would be funny. So, and randomly, I used to work at Lake Spivey Golf Club. Now, you might be thinking, Lucas, these are really random fun facts about you. What do they have in common? Well, I was, I was thinking about what I was going to share with you today and really thinking back over my entire life. I realized that all of the significant moments in my life have one thing in common, people. The people in my life have helped make me who I am. For better or worse, I am who I am. Live with it. So I want to tell you about three very important people in my life. The first off being my high school golf coach, Coach Kincaid. Coach Kincaid is a Christian. He's a loving husband and an awesome father. He's a man that I look up to figuratively, not literally, because I'm 8 feet 17 inches tall, and he's not. Uh, Coach Kincaid took this scrawny punk freshman kid who just wanted to play golf, 
helped him teach some things about life, helped him grow into a more scrawny, taller adult. And so, you know, he did all right. I'm proud to call him a friend. Even in the times that we talk now, he's always encouraging me, asking me how church is going, and he even invites me to join small groups at his church when I tell him that I have about 20 of them here. I'm sorry, Coach, but I appreciate the offer. The next person I want to tell you about is my friend Smiley Elmore Jr. Yes, Smiley is his first name, and I personally think that that's the greatest first name in history. Smiley does smile. He is awesome. Here's a picture of him. If you can't tell, Smiley is a Christian. There he is with the Bible on his lap in the gym, which is awesome. He's also a loving husband, a father. He's an encourager. He's a bodybuilder, if you can't tell. He's also a motivational speaker, and he is someone who, whenever I talk to him, calls me Lucas Champion, which he's the only one who gets to do that because he's awesome. Uh, Smiley was actually the one who was speaking at the youth, youth retreat years ago when I decided to rededicate my life to Christ when I got baptized a few years later here at Harvest Point, like I previously mentioned. Now, Smiley tells a story, and I think it's pretty funny, and he said I could share it with you. So Smiley used to play football at the University of Missouri. I know, boo, go dogs. Thank you very much. And so Smiley said after a game against one of his cross-state rivals, Kansas State, him and some of his teammates went out for dinner. And at this dinner, Smiley calls the waiter over. He says, excuse me, sir, I don't have enough butter to finish my meal. Can I please have some more butter? And the waiter looks at him and says, sir, I'm sorry, but it's restaurant policy. We only provide two pads of butter per person with every meal, so I apologize we can't give you any more butter. Smiley looks at him and says the thing that we all want to say to somebody, do you know who I am? I am Missouri football, football star. I'm in the school's record books. You're going to be watching me on Sundays when I play in the NFL. Did you know that? And the waiter looks at him and says, no, sir, I didn't know that, but do you know who I am? Smiley looked at him and says, no, I don't know who you are. How can I possibly know that? And the guy looks at him and says, I'm the guy in charge of the butter, and you ain't getting any more. <laughs> Now, this next guy I want to tell you about, who I'm thankful to say is here today, I could talk about him for hours and hours and hours. He is my best friend and my brother, Quentin Curry. Quentin is a new husband. We'll talk about that later because he didn't tell anybody. He is a father to my two awesome godsons. He is my best friend and my brother. If you can't tell, take a look. I know what you're thinking. Lucas, y'all look nothing alike. Your hair is completely different. I get it. I grow mine out. He didn't. That's okay. Quentin is my absolute best friend in the whole wide world. We met when I uh, was working at Lake Spivey Golf Club one day. I was driving around on a cart, listening to my music, picking up trash on the course, and he was just teeing off on one of the holes. And I stopped off. I was picking up the trash, and I said, hey, how's it going? Being nice for once in my life, which never happens. And he said, not too bad. I said, hey, what do you normally shoot when you play golf? And he said, probably in the 80s, which is about how I played. And I said, hey, we should play golf sometime. And a short time later, we got together, played golf, best friends ever since. We bonded over our love of Seinfeld, acting stupid, being stupid, doing stupid things, which he will tell you is usually his fault, not mine. <laughs> and for all those times you might be wondering that I'm not telling you about right now, I decline to answer pursuant to my Fifth Amendment rights under the Constitution. Thank you, Dad, for being a judge and teaching me my legal rights. So I want you to take a look back and think back over your life and all the significant moments. Most of them probably involve people. In fact, what I want you to do right now is turn to your neighbor and simply tell them one person in your life who has made a significant impact on you. 
Take your time. I'm going to get some water. And I think as we look back over our lives, we all have someone that we can point to who has made a significant impact on us. I simply told you a few of them in my life, but there are countless others. And I believe this is true because whether you believe in God or not, God sends people into our lives as a sign of grace. I heard that spoken months ago. I've kept it down. I believe it firmly. And one story from the Bible that I love that points to this is Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. And so let's read that together now. So one day Jesus was teaching, and the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Uh, thank you. I got a spontaneous amen. Yes. Yes, that was my goal for today is to not mess up and get a spontaneous amen. This is awesome. This is going great. I love this story. I love this story for a couple reasons. One of those reasons is I think about it from my perspective if what if that were me and my friends? I'm just going to say some random names. Let's just say Quentin and Oscar. So what if me, Quentin, and Oscar were hanging out like we've been prone to do? And let's say we're going away from the crowd. Maybe we're going somewhere else to hang out. Maybe we're going to catch a movie like the new Star Wars, which is in theaters now. So we're going, hey, guys, yeah, man, Star Wars, this is going to be awesome. I'm so excited. And you just walk on by, and you never even notice him. Or maybe they're going to see Jesus himself. Man, this is going to be awesome. We're going to see Jesus. This is great. And they never even saw him. But then I think about it. What if me and my friends did see him? What if we're walking by? Man, this is going to be great. We're going to see Jesus. Hey, man, you okay? Need some help? And you have this man who's just sitting there. And all he wants in this world is to meet Jesus and be healed. I'd like to think me and my friends would stop. But let's be honest with ourselves, guys. We're in church. We can be honest. How many of us have been stopped at a red light and we start fidgeting with the radio to avoid making eye contact with the homeless person on the corner? I've done it. So I'd like to think we would stop and we'd help the man. But you never know until you come into that situation. But then here's the thing. They had to stop. Okay. What next? Well, hey man, need help? Yeah, I'm just, just trying to see Jesus. Well, I think we can help you out with that. Okay, let's see. All right, guys, let's think about this. Okay, we can't carry him through that crowd. There's, there's too many people. And we don't do crowds. Crowds are bad. Um, hey, uh, guys, what if we just, like, can we like tunnel underneath everybody? We could, we could do a tunnel, right? That's something me and my friends would come up with. That's never going to work, Quentin. I mean, why would you suggest such a stupid idea? We can't tunnel. All right, guys, what if we, what if we put him up on the roof and just lower him down in front of Jesus? 
okay. Hey, Lucas, you're tall. Can you, can you like, get him up there? Can you, like, help us out? I mean, guys, I'm not that tall. But, yeah, we can do it. So they get him on the roof. Then you got to pull back the tiles. And you got to make a hole big enough to put him through. And then they lower him down into the house right at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus saw this and said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. You have this man who all he wants in this world is to meet Jesus Christ and be healed. And he's got no way to do it. Maybe he's sitting there as people are passing by thinking, hey, anybody? Can you help me out? Maybe he's prayed to himself, thinking, God, can, can you do something? Can you send me somebody? But then these men stop, and they do for that man what he couldn't do for himself. God sent them into his life as a sign of grace to heal him and draw him closer to Jesus. And God loves doing this. He loves sending people into our lives as a sign of grace to heal us and to bring us closer to Jesus. God is the master architect of the universe. His understanding is larger than we can even remotely fathom. And how do I know this is true for me as well as for you? Well, that brings us to the most famous verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16 Most of, if not all of us, are familiar with this verse. But I personally love the one right after it. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Just as the man's friends brought him healing, hope, and drew him closer to Jesus, God sent Jesus into our world to bring us healing, hope, and draw us closer to him. And like all people God sends into our lives, we can receive them as a gift and a sign of grace, or we can reject them and can continue doing life on our own. God uses human relationships to impact our faith in him. Jesus is the epitome of this point. Through Jesus' ministry and ultimate sacrifice, Jesus impacted the lives of countless people. Too many to count. And what God wants from us is that once we've been impacted by him, to go and make an impact on others. Now, a little while ago, I told you some fun facts about me. One thing I forgot to mention that anybody who knows me at all will tell you is that I love TV and movies. Nod your heads, you're in the audience, you know it's true. I make pop culture references all the time. I know you roll your eyes at me when I do. It's okay, that's just who I am. And one TV show I particularly love is The West Wing. Any West Wing fans? Anybody? Got a few? Okay. Great show, definitely check it out if you have the time. It's like eight seasons, 
20-something episodes a season, 42 minutes each. I mean, it's a great binge watch. So what I love about The West Wing is there's one scene and one story that gets told in particular. Now, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I'm just going to suffice to say, so you have one character, Leo McGarry. Leo McGarry is the chief of staff to the president of the United States. With him, you have Josh Lyman, who's the deputy chief of staff to Leo McGarry. Now, there's a traumatic event that happens that impacts the characters in the and their lives in the West Wing. And Josh is particularly impacted. He's going through some post-traumatic stress disorder. Some things have happened that are impacting his work, his personal life. And Leo, being older and having gone through his own trials and tribulations, dealing with things such as addictions and things of that nature, is there to console and comfort his friend. And he tells Josh, as long as I have a job, you have a job. He's encouraging and supportive. And one story Leo tells Josh is this. So one day, a man is walking down the street when he falls in a hole. The walls are so steep he can't get out. Then a doctor walks by, and the man shouts up, hey, you, hey, can you help me out? I'm, I'm down in this hole, can you help get me out? And the doctor writes out a prescription, throws it down in the hole, and moves on. Then a priest walks by, and the man shouts up, Father, Father, I'm down in this hole. Can you help get me out? And the priest writes out a prayer, throws it down in the hole, and moves on. But then one of the man's friends walks by, and he shouts up, Joe, Joe, hey, Joe, it's me. I'm down in this hole. Can you help get me out? And the man's friend jumps down in the hole with him. And the guy looks at his friend and says, what are you doing? Are you stupid? Now we're both stuck down here. And the man's friend looks at him and says, yeah, but I've been down here before, and I know the way out. The friends of the paralytic man could have been like the doctor and the priest. They could have just kept on walking by. They could have started fidgeting with their radio, pretending like they didn't notice him at that red light. But they didn't. They got down in the hole with him. And that's what God has done for each and every one of us. He didn't send a sheet of paper. He didn't turn his eyes away and just keep on walking. He came down with us in the muck and the mess. And we all have people in our lives who have been those friends to us. I just told you a few of mine. That's not even scratching the surface. So what I want to do is encourage you. Tell those people. Thank them. Reach out to them. I've never met someone who got upset when I told them that I appreciate them. It might be a family member. It might be a friend. It might be a high school golf coach, a motivational bodybuilder, or your brother. We actually have thank you cards in the lobby, and I encourage you to pick one up on your way out. And God has impacted your life through someone else. And maybe God wants to do something new in your life this year through someone else. Or God might also want to do something new in someone else's life through you. So be that person for someone else. Maybe you're here with that person that either impacted your faith or you impacted theirs. And this could be something small. It could be a blessing bag. It could be paying for someone's meal at a restaurant. 
It could be helping a friend move. It could be babysitting, pet sitting. I know some of my friend's kids, babysitting and pet sitting is the exact same thing. <laughs> Thank you for laughing. Invite a friend to church, to small group, to serve with you. We did Rise Against Hunger a few weeks ago where we packed over 10,000 meals for the hungry, which we learned are going to be sent to Belize to help them. Or it could be something big. Now, I came across this story a couple months ago, and it really hit home. And, well, take a look for yourself. Steve Hartman is on the road in Georgia tonight with a story of compassion and healing and a man who knows deep in his heart who to thank for his new beginning. You got a cup on your phone. Oh. During her 35 years as a nurse, Lori Wood has been a hero many times over. Sweetie, I'm going to take your temperature, okay? You've saved lives before. Yes. But never quite no. like this. No. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for her. When Jonathan Pinkard met Lori, he was homeless. If I wasn't staying in that shelter, I was staying in my car. Jonathan is autistic. Had nowhere to go. He was raised by his grandma, but she died a few years ago and there was no one else. Then, to add illness to injury, doctors here at Piedmont Noonan Hospital in Georgia diagnosed Jonathan with heart failure at the age of 26. It was so bad, he actually needed a heart transplant or else. Six months. Six months I gave you? There was no hope. Part of the problem is you can't get a new heart, can't even get on the transplant list if you don't have a home or some kind of support system to help you post-surgery. And since Jonathan has no family to speak of, his fate was sealed. Basically death by loneliness. I mean, that just doesn't seem right. Doesn't seem fair. So. So. Although there was nothing Lori could do for her patient as a nurse, she decided there was something she could do as a mom. It was just in my heart that there was no other choice other than to bring him home. Howdy, howdy, howdy! <laughs> After knowing Jonathan just three days, Lori invited him home and became his legal guardian. You had a good day? I did. Good. Jonathan now lives here full time, along with Lori's son, Austin. And because of her boundless compassion, Ooh, this looks good. Jonathan was able to get on the transplant list and just a few months ago, got his new heart. In a few weeks, he'll be well enough to live on his own again. Although Lori says she has no plans to release him from her care. This isn't over when no, he gets better? No, he's gonna go down to my family's house for Christmas with us and go to a wedding with me. And so yeah, he's, he's a part of the family. I actually call her mama now. You call her mama? I do. She's a, like a second mama to me. Heaven sent. She's heaven sent? Heaven sent. Any medical professional can make you healthy, but sometimes only an angel can make you all better. Steve Hartman, On the Road in Noonan, Georgia. Generous and loving, now he calls us to go into others' lives and sacrifice for them and love them. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for the people you've sent into our lives. We spoke earlier how your understanding is greater than anything we can fathom. Everything you do is for our good. Lord, your grace is enough for us. We pray for those that have impacted us. 
we pray that your blessing and abundance overflow in their lives. Thank you, Lord, for your grace, for your love. In the holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.